it's your girl Kimmy B. I'm here with my producer Q, and we're back for another episode of the Black Content Corner. Now, we took a break, and I'm glad we did because it's very timely to be able to have the energy to come back this week because I feel like we're back in the space we kind of were. And at the end of June or the end of May, beginning of June, where it's just so much going on, like in in um, the world right now, especially in America with black people. And we're taking like a lot of hits. And I know that we feel like very heavy. And I even hate to have to say this, but like rest in power to Chadwick Boseman and John Thompson. Um, we found out that Chadwick had um, colon cancer, and he had been battling that for four years, and he passed last week. And I know that just was like a really big, big blow to us, um, because not only the first thing that people think of is Black Panther, but um, he has been in a lot of biopics. He has represented a lot of black men in our history, and so... He is invaluable. Um, I know there's, I've seen a debate about, um, not necessarily a debate, but him, not necessarily hiding, him not disclosing his medical condition, I guess I can say, um, and how people are kind of using that as a way to like, to add to like that hustle mentality and thought process. And, um, I just want to take this time in this episode, especially like if someone is sick, if you are sick, that does not mean push the pedal to the metal and keep going in what you're doing. If you need to take a break, take a break. Just because Chadwick Boseman decided to continue to work um, and do these rigorous roles does not mean that, you know, you, the regular person, you know, need to jump through hoops of fire just because you saw or know the story of someone else that did that. And that's what we want to kind of talk about this episode is a way to, like, maintain our mental health during all this. And not to just talk about Chadwick, but Q, you can talk a little bit to John Thompson because I just know who he is, but I don't really know much about him. Yeah, so... um First of all, yeah, uh, the, the Chadwick Boseman news, really, that it hurt. That, that, that felt like, for me, it was like Kobe all over again. Not in the same degree, but, you, like, it, it brought those same emotions just because, you know, although I didn't like the Jackie Robinson movie, like, I appreciate it. I appreciate him as an actor. There's nothing that he's been in that I didn't really like. Like, I love the Thurgood Marshall film. Um, I, I but Black Panther was the, the movie for me that had like i i i was in like i shed a tear after it because it, it was just so beautiful to me to be able to see an entire black movie like you know what i mean like do mm-hmm. i think it was the best movie ever no but like it was one of the most important films of my lifetime just because of you know it showed you know black people that we do come from royalty you know what i mean that was our history um you know it showed you know little black children that they can be engineers and scientists and it you know it showed black women how strong and beautiful they are it just it was it was amazing to me so 
shout out to Chadwick Boseman. Um, really heartbreaking. Uh, Coach John Thompson, did you know that Georgetown? Um, actually, you you might. I certainly didn't know that Georgetown was not an all-black college uh, because John Thompson being there. So if y'all don't know who he is, he was a legendary coach um, in the 80s, 70s and 80s for the Georgetown Hoyas um, and basically turned that school into a powerhouse and an all-black program. I I legitimately thought it was HBCU um, because of that team. Um, he's one of two college, excuse me, two black college coaches to win NBA or excuse me, NCAA championships. He and Nolan Richardson of my Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, so a really great coach, um, a mentor to so many people. Patrick Ewing is a name that people are familiar with. Allen Iverson. He's, those are his most notable players. So, um, rest in peace, coach John Thompson. Yeah, it also made me think, um, and I'm going to, it actually makes me think, Wale has a song about Georgetown, and it's in a really old uh, mixtape, and it has, like, all those sports references. He, that's, like, artists to go to about songs with sports references. They'll, those go over my head. But I have to find it and, and post it. But um, There's one, Lloyd did one, if you remember that uh, Southside oh. song. I mean, I remember the song, but yeah, okay. the one with Ashanti. He was like the Georgetown Hoy. Well, Wale and Lloyd did a song together that was really good, so I'm not gonna shade him. He's a good artist. Uh, so and you like that damn song he just came out with? Ooh, you a hater? You a next level hater? You're gonna do that man like that? I- you didn't like you? <laughs> you didn't like you with Lil Wayne? I mean, who didn't like that song? It was good. Okay, you didn't like Girls Around the World. Yeah. Okay. Don't, I'm don't, not don't, saying, don't disrespect I just my man said like he that. was a good artist. <laughs> Talking about, I can't believe you did my man like that. Like he's just Lloyd. Well, if we can continue on in the vein of judgmental people, we want to also talk about. Um, how I keep I never saw anybody talk about Chadwick Boseman's weight, but I know people. I mean, after we heard about his passing, everyone was like, "Y'all was up there talking about his weight, and and you don't you shouldn't be judgmental because you don't know what people are going through." And I, I'm like I do get it, but at the same time, I feel like that's like a knee jerk reaction that all people have, and maybe people should just say like, "Don't." vocalize maybe your judgments because i know that when i saw him in the five bloods one i was like this is such a small role for him to be in like why would he why was he even casting this movie but i saw him in that and something else and i was like he's really small and i just assumed that he was doing it for a role like i didn't think anything past it so i don't in my heart, I don't feel or have, like, I don't want to demonize anybody that openly said anything. Now, if you made a joke about it, then yeah, it's pretty fucked up. But, I mean, it's just, you know, we have those thoughts that pop, our, pop up in our head. So, I mean, maybe just, you know, be more choosy about what you vocalize and what you keep to yourself. But most of the time, most of the time you probably just need to keep it to yourself. But, you know, in all these things that are going on, I know a, a few, probably more than a few black men have been shot by the police. 
And on top of, you know, like people in our community dying and notable black people dying, this is a heavy time for us. And so Q, I want to ask, what do you do, if anything, to try to maintain your mental health when we're in this space? Um, well, it's tough. It is because I also have a newborn at home. So uh, it is, there's not a lot of, of downtime but every now and again, I, I indulge in uh, funny cigarettes, we'll say. So th- that, that is a way for me to me to get down. But I'm also a big advocate of therapy. I'm not currently in therapy, but um, you know, it's kind of something that, that we've bounced around of being just being able to have that person to be able to go talk to and get your thoughts out. Um, so it, it's, it has been a rough year from a lot of different aspects. So yeah. Um, I definitely advocate for the therapy. I'm the same. I also um, am pro-therapy, but I'm also not in therapy. And I feel like I want to talk about alternatives to talk therapy, which is, you know, literally talking to somebody. Because it's not as accessible as people try to make it seem. So for me, I can go to a psychiatrist on my insurance but I only have like three options. I would prefer to have a black person as a therapist. So automatically I would have to pay out of pocket and some therapists are like $100 an hour. I'm a cheap person, so paying that for me is a heavy ask. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's what I always try to think about on different subjects. Um, or um, is accessibility because you know it's easy to come up with these ideas and and, and drive their talk therapy um, into the ground and saying that we should do it, but uh, it's not accessible for everybody. So what I want to do, and I didn't talk about what I do um, during these times. I've realized, and especially during just this whole COVID crisis. Um, I've morphed into like an interior decorator. Like I got a table and, and redid it um, on my own. I basically plan on rehauling my apartments. I plan on painting and, you know, decorating. I think that's just where I find my piece. I try to read a little bit more, but it's just, I've, I did better at reading before COVID when I was able to commute, um, I would read on the train, but now it's just not connected for me. So I think that's my sweet spot is is decorating and doing DIY projects. But the three alternatives that I want to talk about today is just something I've seen people do and try to get into, and hopefully, you know, it's something that you could want to try to pick up. So the first one is meditation. And it's the practice where an individual uses a technique such as mindfulness or focusing on, focusing the mind on a particular object, thought, or activity. It's to train attention and awareness and achieve a mentally clear and emotional calm and stable state. Got that from Wikipedia. Um, meditation has been proven to improve emotional regulation, decrease mind wandering, and improve cognitive performance. It decreases in the volume of the, and this is a part of the brain, 
and amygdala the part of the brain which is involved with experiencing emotions like fear stress and anxiety now another thing that i do in my personal time i listen to rain sounds but i only really do that when i'm trying to go to sleep because i think a lot and i'm an overthinker so um when a lot is going on in the world i've had a hard time sleeping basically for majority of 2020 it's like as soon as i lay down it's like every thought and problem of the world just pops into my mind and so in meditation i've read that it's not about not thinking about anything but you can focus on like a particular subject and try to work through that as a means of meditating so that's something I, I think I'm going to try to do I know they have like um, apps that you can probably download to follow and YouTube has um, like meditation music and I don't know what it's called when they tell you what to do like breathing all that stuff um, so that's something I'm going to try to commit to doing. Um, have you ever tried to meditate? Yeah, they've got a, it's a, there's an app on, uh, on your, on Apple called Headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I've done that before. Actually, um, I really got into it a, I went probably about a decade ago. I read Phil Jackson's book, um, Six Rings and he talked about how he meditated and um it was a weird thing but it got me curious and uh yeah it's something that i used to do um and i no longer continue to but it's because i'm lazy yeah i want to try it i just can't focus so it's going to be a journey but i'm going to try it so the next one is horticulture therapy aka gardening now i've seen a lot of people get into this on my social media and I think it's really cool. I personally am not going to try it because I know myself. I, one, I'm not an outside person. Two, I know I'm going to kill plants. So horticulture therapy is the art or practice of garden cultivation and management. So there's a study that shows that horticulture therapy improves memory and attention span, sense of responsibility, and social interaction with few to no adverse side effects. It's also been found to reduce stress, increased feelings of calm and relaxation and fosters a sense of accomplishment and improved self-esteem. So I've seen a lot of people growing like vegetables, um, building like little compost piles and doing that. And that's in that last part as far as like a sense of accomplishment and improved self-esteem. I can see that through social media, like when people's plants sprout and you know, they have, like, their, I don't know, eggplants and rosemary and whatever else you can plant. Like, I can tell that it makes people happy and it, it brings joy. Like I said, I'm not going to do it because I, I don't even have the space to do it. But I think... I have a it, buddy it, uh-huh. who started a garden and he sends me pictures of his garden. Like, it, like it's made me like excited mm-hmm. for when i buy my house this year to have a garden because like this dude's got watermelons to cucumbers to uh egg like you said just literally everything strawberries coming in and he talks about it like i talk about my child so uh mm-hmm. it, it legitimately people have fallen in love with it yeah and if you are inspired to do a garden you know maybe do enough to feed your community <laughs> i want to Push yep. that for a little bit. 
Um, so, or just to give away too. Like, it doesn't have to, which is another conversation about like people digging into their capitalistic part and wanting to sell everything instead of just like being thoughtful and giving it away. But just giving it away to maybe areas that you know may not have access. Get back to the community, y'all. Damn. Because let me tell you, let me go on a tangent real quick. The fact that people sell masks at such like premium dollar <laughs> irks my nerves because there was a point during Corona, remember, when the hospitals couldn't even get access to PPE. And it's people out here making fake Gucci face masks and selling them. Just if you know that people don't have access to these these things, like if you have the if sewing is your ministry, like it wouldn't hurt to just give it away, to make masks and give it to people. You do not have to make a dollar off of everything. <laughs> hey, you know, at the same time, I get it, but that's it's not how I roll, you know. But yeah, I, get it. I mean, I get it, and there is opportunity for everything, but damn. On to the last. <laughs> this is the one that just irks me. So the last one that I want to talk about is aromatherapy, which I think I dabble in a little as well. So this uses aromatic essential oils medicinally to improve the health of the body, mind, and spirit. It enhances both physical and emotional health. So a couple of things I want to highlight is lavender. And that calms the nervous system and quiets the brain. Eucalyptus, that helps fight migraines and fevers, respiratory issues, muscle aches and pains. Bergamot, which treats stress, depression, anxiety, and also can make you drowsy. And I know that firsthand. And then you have Yang Yang. It soothes headaches, nausea, skin conditions, stimulate hair growth, and reduce high blood pressure. Now, I have lavender and bergamot i plan on buying the actual eucalyptus leaves i saw it on pinterest where you can get the leaves and tie it around your shower head and then it helps like open up your chest and help the sinuses and everything so i do i do want to do that um lavender can be a little too strong for me so i don't use it too much but bergamot like i said i've been having trouble going to sleep bergamot will knock me out also, mm-hmm. if you need, if you have trouble sleeping, there's root kava. You can find that. Uh, it's basically uh, it's kava root. It comes from Hawaii, I think. So mm-hmm. they send it over, um, and or or maybe Samoan Islands. It's one of those Pacific Islands. They send it over, um, and it's used to help people sleep. So I would go through insomnia spells. And I had a friend that recommended root kava and uh, took it, got the best sleep I'd ever had. So uh, now it does make you hallucinate from time to time, but that's just the fun of the gamble. (laughs) So if you're adverse to the devil's lettuce, but you still want to have a little fun, root kava. Then Nothing against Western medicine, but I think it's a thing to these, you know, to go the natural route. And that's yep. what I've been trying to do um, these past I don't take of any years. type of pills. I, I just don't take mm-hmm. pills at all. 
I tried to do that, but lately, I don't know what's going on. I've been having migraines for days. And that's when I break down and take something. For, but for the most part, I try not to take medicine. Um, like I said, and it's just like a little research. It's an oil for everything. And I just listed four. It's a slew of oils <laughs> that you can use. You can pair it. I bought my mom um um what's it called? Not a dispenser. Like a oil. It spray it sprays it out. In, yeah. Like a just, mist. Now to now y'all gotta be careful with these too though. Not don't get them cheap ass uh mm-hmm. essential oils. Like if you're gonna do it, you gotta get nice oils because that has mm-hmm. been making people sick. Go because it's got Whole chemicals Foods. and shit in it. Go to Whole yeah. Foods or find, I'm pretty sure it's a black person somewhere selling oil somewhere. Mm-hmm. So Chemical free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I will say, like, bergamot, the one that I bought, you're not supposed to put it on your face. I just put it on my um, on my mustache so I can breathe it. But um, there are essential <laughs> oils that you can use on your face and body. And then there are scents. I'll say it like that. Um, essential scents that you're not supposed to put on your body. Those are like air freshener type things. So make sure, yeah, make sure you know the difference. I brought, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I also found this company, or I said collective. It was through um, Black Girls, uh, Black Girl Therapy, I believe it's called. So they have like a an arm off of that organization. It's called the Yellow Couch Collective. And it's a space for black women to gather, to support, encourage, and learn from one another. So if you're a black woman and you're looking for, you know, a group of other black women to talk to, to help it uplift, go to there. I think that's the website, like the yellowcouchcollective.com. Now, they do have a free version. They also have a version that's $9.99. Kind of dipping back into my tangent a little bit earlier. Wobby well, y'all's got to pay for something, but hey, if that's their hustle, there's always someone that's going to pay for it, but whatever. Um, I also found a book, and it's uh, it's available at Target, so I plan on getting it. Um, it's called The Apologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, Navigate an Unequal System, Learn Tools for Emotional Wellness, and Get the Help You Deserve, and it's by Dr. Weta Walker. And like I said, I'm pretty sure it's available in a lot of different places, but I know for sure it's at Target. And he's about, I'm still reading um, books about voting. I hadn't even finished <laughs> those, but let's add this to the list of books to read. Um, but that's, that's it. That's all I have. I just hope that like if you're feeling some type of way, you're still feeling heavy, like find an outlet that makes you happy or brings you some type of peace during these times because I mean 2020 has been a roller coaster and we still have three months left so we don't know what's coming and an election to deal with so just find a healthy way to deal um, with your emotions and if you do want to talk to somebody you don't want to use these alternatives by all means Find someone that you can talk to. And if it needs to be me, by all means, you can reach out to me on social media and I will be a listening ear. Okay? So I'm going to move on to TV now. Q, you're going to check out. But I know like, if you watched The Real Housewives of Potomac, 
especially this subject, you would have something to say. Because I only want to talk about the last 10, 15 minutes of the episode because we don't see this often. We do not see black women morph into a Karen and use white women's trigger words against a dark-skinned black woman. But we saw this on the last episode um, of The Real Housewives of Potomac, and it really pissed me off. It made me very angry. I already don't like Ashley, and so for her to do what she did, it really pisses me off. So, there was a girl's trip, and when you have a girl's trip, we automatically assume that no kids are invited. Ashley just had a baby. Wendy just had a baby. Ashley has an old white husband who basically told her, that she not ta- um, he not watching his baby. She got to take the baby on the girl's trip. On another scene, we see Wendy pumping her brains out to get make sure she has enough breast milk so her baby can um, have that while she's gone. An invitation is extended for Ashley to bring her baby. There's not an invitation extended to Wendy. So when we get to this house, this guest house, all shit breaks loose. Um... Wendy is upset that she cannot bring her child. Ashley tells her that um, her husband is working and he can't watch the baby because he owns the company. Wendy kind of let her know that her husband's a lawyer. That was strike one for me. No one gives a fuck that your husband owns a company. It's his baby. He can watch his baby. The second and third strikes for me is when they're eating dinner and Ashley... Um, tells Wendy that she's being aggressive and she needs to watch her hands and she's being ferocious and she needs to apologize to her. That is the epitome of white women trigger words and how they try to victimize themselves when they have, they are the ones that have initiated conflict, which Ashley did do. Ashley, are you better be glad I wasn't there because I was smacked her ass in the face. But we try not to be violent on these shows. But she deserved to get hit in the mouth. Thankfully, Wendy is a very smart woman. She's tell, told us her credentials a couple of times already. She is a PhD. And if you can see me, when she said she checked Ashley and she was like, check, check, check. I I was vindicated. And I, I'm happy that she was able to shut Ashley down. Um, Housewives of Potomac has always had a cloud of colorism over it. And they have tried, they've been strategic to add darker skinned women on the show. When they brought in Monique, they brought in Candace, and now they brought in Wendy. And, you know, it's very interesting if you look at the table, how the dark skinned women's on one side, minus Karen, um, and our light skinned girls on on the other side. So we'll see how this pans out. Ashley counter days and Ashley I have seen her do talks about like being biracial and how that um affects how she feels during this time and how she's going to explain race to her child so she's not dumb and she knows exactly you know what it means to be to be black and how people talk to black women so for her to try to victimize herself and um antagonize Wendy and then you know use those keywords it really pissed me off and I hope that she does not do that going forward. But that was Housewives of Potomac. I'm, this season, I'm very excited. It's one of the shows that I look forward to. I also look forward to Love After Lockup every week. I know that's bad, but I mean, you know, I like trash TV. 
At least so, you can admit it. I do. Love at the lockup is like the worst of the worst, but I love it so bad. So last week we missed it, but I made it sure you and the shy hat both had their finales. Um, I think they both ended on a low note. So there really wasn't much to talk about for either one. Um, I know that I made sure you was like a one season type thing. So um, I had no expectations of, you know, that uh, a second season or anything. So um, I haven't seen anything about the shot being renewed. Q, you put that on my radar. So that's like what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So I, I do like the limited series, though. Like, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Like, just... It doesn't have to drag out. It doesn't have to get to six, seven seasons. Like, The Watchmen is perfect. Mm -hmm. We don't, like, I would love another season, but we don't need another season. I feel like HBO, they, they, they're the pioneer of the limited series. They're great. <laughs> they're great. Have you watched Perry Mason? It's great. No, Perry Mason? Yeah. It's the brother on there. Like it's a new version. Yeah. So they. So oh. yeah. So they remade Perry Mason into an HBO show, and it's uh, it's really good. I also I like limited series, and I also like when shows do a different theme each season, kind of like um, damn, what's that show called? Room one hundred two or whatever, or four hundred two. No, like when they did Coven and Circus and. Apocalypse. You talking about American Murphy Horror Story? Show. Yes. Yeah. They have different. I I like that. With the same cast, I think that's also creative. Um, but what we are watching consistently now is Lovecraft Country on HBO. Um, the last episode is when Letty bought the house in the North side of Chicago and there are a lot <laughs> of things going on in each episode and I was like how am I going to talk about this at the most I think what I'm going to do is pull out like the obvious because <laughs> I watched I watch each episode twice just to see you know if I miss something and then of course I just go to social media because they'll give you the easter eggs as well because it was something I read today that I didn't even note but I'm going to bring it up and the first thing that I did see, I didn't catch this on my own, was that Emmett Till reference in the episode. Did you see that? So I've only seen the first two. Oh um, gosh. Well, cause so I was, I'm like you, right? I was, I kept trying. I felt like there was so much I was missing, and I didn't feel like it was something I could watch week to week. Like mm -hmm. that's a show that I need to be able to sit and and run through. My my wife and I talked about it. We really couldn't take the time to focus and like remember uh you know each because there's just so much going on mm -hmm. but it's a show i love it and i usually don't love sci-fi like sci-fi at all but i i love this show so far i will say to go ahead and watch the third episode because that storyline that went on for the first two episodes is that's that's done oh so we are, because I was wondering, I was like, how are we going to keep going? Well, I, you know what? I'm lying. It's not necessarily done, done. Um, But this season, not this season, this episode, it doesn't have anything to do with um, 
his lineage in that house they were at. There was literally, I mean, there were white people in there, but there is an MTL reference. It's like a, a second long. Like if someone didn't post it on on uh, social media, I would have never guessed it. Um, there's also, can, are you okay with me talking about the episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a terrible memory. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So what I want to first say is I didn't want, they were foreshadowing it, but I didn't want Tick and Letty to have a romantic relationship. I wanted it to just be a friendship. And I know in the last, the second episode, she had that, um, I guess that was a hallucination where they were about to have sex and his penis ended up being a snake. But, so they do have sex in this last episode. And I, I don't even know how to feel about it. It kind of was weird. We found out she was a virgin and that's just not the way you want your first to be. But, Okay, um, while they're in, I'm going to bring up what I did see uh, the other day now. There, is, there was, they had a party in this house, and Letty is pouring drinks throughout the party, and we hear this conversation from two other people, and they're talking about this pastor that's up and coming in the black movement. And they say, oh, his name is Michael, and they say, no, he goes by Martin now. He was engaged to this white woman, but they said he couldn't marry um, a white woman and be a part of the movement or something like that. So they're referencing Martin Luther King. And what I did not know is that his name is Michael in real life. (laughs) I had no idea this man's name was Michael. First of all, that shook me. Second of all, apparently the story is true that before he became Martin, he was engaged to a white woman and his father was against it and they said it would hurt his, um, I guess, trajectory into, you know, being the civil rights leader that he's known for. And basically, some people say he was forced to marry Coretta. That's a strong word to me. We'll just say he was persuaded to to marry um, Coretta and hence, it's probably why he was cheating all the time because they were who his first choice was. So that was a bombshell. I heard about him being with a white woman in high school. And I remember in the class that I was watching it in, it was, the teacher was a black man. And he was saying, like, that wasn't true. It was just a way to tarnish a black man's legacy. And... I mean, that was a good effort for him to try to um, take up for Martin Luther King, but we all know at this point that that stuff was true. <laughs> so, it is what it is. Um, I also want to peek out something that Letty's sister said in the episode. We know that she's been trying to get a job at a um, department store, and she's having a conversation about it as well, and she said, she was talking about how hard she would work if she gets this job. And she says, if, if more colored folks thought like me, the race would be more farther along. And I want to speak to that and how wrong she is, because especially during the 50s. Now, they did say that the, the year that they're in is 1955. So this is like we're right at the beginning of the civil rights movement. We're about to get into it. It's not like 
established just yet. And I think what when people say stuff like that, like one little thing, um, if people were more like me, if I did this, black people would be ahead. There's so much um, intentional roadblocks put up towards black people that sometimes we just, well, a lot of times we don't see that affects us. It doesn't matter what you do as a black person. Sometimes there's something that you cannot see physically that is holding you back from, you know, these opportunities. So, man, I forgot her sister's name. You can jump through hoops and be the best cashier in the world. In 1955, it didn't. It does not matter because you're black and they don't want to hire you. You can do, you know, saying all the black people can be the best cashiers and shirt folders, you know, on the planet. But guess what? In 1955, your black ass, they didn't want you in that store because people, white people, didn't even want you touching stuff around them, breathing next to them. I mean, people probably feel like that now. But back then, you know, it's okay to be vocal about it. So, girl, but, you know, that's just her thought process at the moment. But that also is something else that irked me. Um, so, in this house, we find out that there, is, there are ghosts. And it's so much that I leave it out to. So, one of the powers... This is I, a hard show to, like, describe. Like, right. I don't... I don't that's why I'm just gonna pick out the black stuff that I <laughs> that, I, that I liked and didn't yeah. like because because um, Letty gets arrested. Of course, her white neighbors there. She bought this house with a lot of money that came out of nowhere, but that's talked about in the episode too. Um, and she's in a white neighborhood, so of course the white neighbors call the police. Um, but that was not before white. There were white men that tried to intimidate her and the people in the house. Um, they tied bricks to the car horns. So basically, Letty went out there with a baseball bat, which I think to me was one of the most powerful scenes this episode because they had um, Dorinda Clark Cole singing. It was a gospel song going, and she's like smashing windows, and they out there with guns, like protecting her. And I just love that scene so much. But we find out after she gets arrested that the house is haunted because a white man was doing experiments on black people and they found the remains of black folks in that house. And so stuff has been, paranormal activity has been going on in this home. And um, which that story is also true. I didn't see anybody talk about this. I don't this didn't necessarily happen in chicago but this happened in new orleans there is a building there where a white couple was doing experiments on slaves back on the back in the 1800s and um somehow people found out about it and they actually chased the white people out of new orleans um but there have been sightings of slaves and the wife um in their home so that's also just a tidbit like that has happened in real life as well um so, I always made the assumption that black ghosts that have been tormented by, like, white people wouldn't harm other black folks. And this episode also, like, validated my thought in that. And that's also why I have a problem with Candyman. Because why are you coming back and killing black people in the hood? Like, I just always <laughs> felt like 
black ghosts will look out for us. That's why we like heavy on <laughs> honoring our ancestors, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and in the end, yeah, they do come together and we see like the white man, his ghost is also in that house and he makes an appearance through um, Atticus. But they, they're able to drive him out. But we do see um, there are a lot more skeletons in her basement and stuff like that so i feel like we're going we're going to figure out what that is and what has happened in this house i also think uncle george will be back um when the children were playing the ouija board he said he was the the ghost that was moving the little thing and um, his daughter got upset because they thought he did it on purpose. And I'm also making the assumption that Atticus will have powers. Because everyone in his lineage also had powers. Um, Fitz from Scandal. Did you recognize him with the blonde hair? I didn't watch Scandal. Oh my gosh. That's all I could see. The guy that was the... The the dad he was the president on Scandal, and um, I mean he had powers. The the his daughter has powers, so I think Atticus will have a. Maybe he just has to like go through more stuff to unlock it. Unlock it, but I'm anticipating him having some type of power um, before this season ends, and I expect to see um, Uncle George because Courtney uh, B Vance is a big actor to be uh, too big of an actor to be in two episodes. <laughs> like, I refuse to believe he's not coming back. But, Q, I just, you know, urge you to watch it. This was a really good episode. It was very good. And I was very... A lot of people were raving about um, Journey Smollett. And she's been acting. I don't know. Oh, I s- yeah, <laughs> I saw I saw that. Yeah, I just I think it's it's a show that like like I said, my wife and I'll just have to binge. It, it's too hard when we binge. I feel like it's too much to yeah. binge. No, no way. What? Let me tell you something. When you when you have a kid, you you gonna you gonna know. <laughs> all right, you can't watch anything on time and think about it for too long. True. So we'll get um, to it. Now I have a quick question before we move uh, on. What about me? made you think that i watch scandal like knowing what you know about me what makes you think that i'm sitting around watching scandal i just assume that everybody at least watched the first season of scandal absolutely not scandal was fire at the beginning oh i i've heard that but i don't think there's a lot of dudes watching scandal well that i find a problem in that because what it sounds like to me is whenever i female well i don't say protagonist when it's a female lead that men tend to be turned off on watching it no it's not that it's just not my kind of show like i i only watch sports for the most part if i'm watching tv or i'm watching something that like like a show has to it has to be something that I want to see. Like, I'm not into murder mysteries. I'm not into, like, any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be at least getting my interest. 
if it doesn't, I, yeah, I'm not gonna give it the time. Like, but what's the show with Homegirl with Kerry Washington when she was uh running all up and down through the politics and all that? That was scandal. Was it? Yeah, she was a fixer. That's based on a real person. She was a yes. Was she an attorney? She may have went to law school, but she worked. Oh my bad. Okay, so. I was thinking, sitting there thinking of uh, what's the one, how to get away with murder. For whatever reason, that is what popped in my head. I mean, murder was in both. They're both Shonda Rhimes shows. Yeah, see, so, you know. that's, that's tough Gary Washington to or Olivia Pope did make an appearance on how to get away with murder. It was really black. Mary J. Blige was there too. That's how black it was. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in the beauty shop getting their hair done. Black. For you to say, for, hold on. And I know a lot of dudes who fuck with living single, by the way. You know what I mean? So it's just got to be, or and girlfriends, like the same thing. Like I know a lot of dudes who have watched those shows. Okay. And the next show we about to talk about. Because that's one show that had your interest. I was going to say. We've yeah. been watching The Game. The Game, well, as we all know, Netflix put on a bunch of beloved black shows. We had Moesha, The Game. Sister Sister um, came on yesterday. We're going to have to talk about Moesha one day. I'm not watching Moesha. I've seen Moesha okay. as an adult, and I ain't doing I it. Ha- oh, I hate it. I, ha- I hated Moesha as a kid, <laughs> and I hate Moesha to this day. I'm, uh, then we don't ever have to talk about Moesha. Carry on. Because we saw Moesha. We're going to talk about Moesha later in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. we did watch her this week. <laughs> So we've been watching the game. Um, I did. Re- I thought I was still in the first season. I have made it to the second season. That's why I told you I stopped when I realized I was in the second season. So um, I stopped where Melanie has officially moved in with Dion. That's where I'm at. So I'll probably start back watching it um, after this episode. Um, so what do you think? you i want to know i just i want to say that you can tell when a show has black writers and black people involved because this truly was like that that show that had black people's attention of its time it was the insecure of its time um now so there, all the men in this show are trash. Like Jason Pitts <laughs> is all time trash. Derwin, like I appreciate the writing of Derwin because I go through phases where I'm like, man, this dude is trash. Then it's like, man, he's really a good dude. And I understand how he got caught up. Then it's like, damn, Derwin, you're so dumb. You know what I mean? So it's like, but you're not identifying with it as a, how a man would react. Like, so I understand why they're writing that <laughs> in. And then Melanie, I'm like, Yo, Melanie sucks. Like, she sucks. But that's not saying I'm advocating for her to be cheated on. I just think that she just is very, very, like, selfish. I feel, I've always felt like, and I felt like this, because this show was on when I was in undergrad. And I feel like this is like the battle of the sexes. (laughs) I always feel like up to a certain point, I always caped for Melanie up to a certain point. I have not, and I am going back and watching this show, not like I'm watching for the first time, but of course, you know, 
10 years later, I have a different perspective. And so right, I'm exactly I'm still at the point where I feel like people have been giving me, giving Melanie a little more grief than they should at the point that I am at in the game. Because I mean, sure, um, Melanie is annoying, but I think the main thing was the communication styles were so different because we're like. Melanie always let us know that she sacrificed everything to move to San Diego. You know, she always told us how she felt, and I think that's why people find her annoying. Whereas Derwin didn't, re- I feel like I didn't know what his um, grievances were in the relationship until the end of um, season one. After he cheated, and he let really just let out how he felt, that's, you know, how I knew how he felt and yeah another example of that he holds his emotions about how he feels was the trey wig situation because you it was he was right to be mad at melanie but then he went too far melanie apologized she took accountability for what she did but he still wants to give her the silent treatment and, and be cold and then all Agreed, of a sudden that was petty all of a sudden, you know, when she had to call her mom and her mama ready to ship her back to the East Coast, then now it's a problem. You know, now I want to talk about how I feel. Now, you see, but that that's such an overreaction. And let me, and so here, here it is, though, because Derwin couldn't even, like, work with Dion. You know what I mean? Without this girl trip, like... I, I, no, I'm watching this 10 years later, different perspective as well. And like Melanie is the root of like the underlying issues. Like Derwin, <clears throat> Derwin loves her, but like, and, but now I will say he's trash because like he's also very selfish. Like he should have never proposed to her. And then that bullshit five year agreement, like he should have listened to her when she said she wasn't ready. And that's his fault. That's his fault. But Melanie, like, just pokes the bear, pokes the... Like, the whole trade wig situation, that was all on her. He probably took it too far, yes. But that was her fault. And then the way she handled the breakup, like, it was all just silly shit. The way that... How she always chose something over his career. Even though I I get it. I get where she was in life. Like, I agree that she needed to be doing uh, her thing. But... She also, like, is supposedly just kicking with Tasha and uh, Homegirl ha- and Kelly half the time. So, like, her prior... I can see why what led to Derwin cheating with Drew Sidora. I get that. That's some bullshit. <laughs> nah, I mean, it is what it is. Shit. I say that Same thing. It's, it's just like what Issa is going through with uh, on Insecure in the first season. <clears throat> it's the exact same thing. Yeah, because it was the communication. And I feel like it's BS to say that Melanie wasn't supportive of him. I understand that what he should have said was, I want you to gas me up more. Like, I, I, you know, it's one thing. She was going to the games. She helped him with the playbooks or whatever, just like he helped her study. You know, she was there. But she a dream killer, though. She need, he needed more, but she did not know that. You can't fault people for what they don't know. 
That's all. I mean, I I agree. I agree. But I, I just want to say again, this show is is like the first three seasons. I can't speak for the BET part of this, and I probably won't ever watch that part, which you can watch for free on Peacock, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, but this show is excellent. For some reason, I still think season three dips off into BET. Maybe it doesn't. I have to. No, I think they finished season three and pick did. it up because season four wasn't renewed by CW. Oh, okay. Okay. Because <clears throat> I know Janae, uh, Janae is popping in season three. I just want to also yeah. say I think that the Drew Sedora, whatever career that she wanted, was ruined by this show. Because, and I don't know why they chose, well, I think I know why they chose to use her stage name instead of giving her a name for her character. Because I feel like Drew Sador is always tied to the, <laughs> the name is tied to the girl that slept with Derwin <laughs> on the game. Mm-hmm. We have not heard from her since. And I know she's an actual yep. singer. <laughs> yep. That show single-handedly ruined her career. Poor girl. They give you flowers. A little bit of flowers. And I'm surprised that... I don't know what it is about Kelly. Because, you know, sometimes seeing a white woman married to an athlete can kind of give you, like, a little... For for black women, like, a little knee-jerk <laughs> reaction. But she mm-hmm. was still likable. Like, this storyline. Yeah. I guess because she was able to poke fun at herself and they could have those jokes that they made. But, yeah, Kelly never bothered me. TT, definitely someone that deserves their flowers. He was hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, cackling at him. <clears throat> I wish some of the, I wish I'd see more of those actors working more. You know, I'm sure I know Colby Bell is on some Colby Bell, the dude who plays Jason Pitts, is on some show on Fox. Oh, what? Um, some show on Fox. Oh. I don't know what it's called, but I know I he's that's on the it. only role he has done because I hadn't. I no, nah, he was a smart guy back in the day. Okay, for a couple episodes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is not. also on Disney Plus if you're ever bored. Um, so Disney Plus is about to get canceled on my end. <laughs> I kept right, it. Well. I kept it because Mulan came out today, and I thought I'd be able to watch it. Then, shame on me. I click on there, and they tell me I some premiere access twenty nine ninety nine. I'd be damned if I paid thirty dollars to watch Mulan. I'll just watch the cartoon. I mean, I know it's not the same. But yeah, I'm not gonna pay $30. Look, if it was another one of y'all in there, if it if you lived with somebody $30, you would pay that at a the movie theater anyway. Mm, hey, at the movie theater, that's an experience. And that also includes yeah, food. So. That's fair. Shit. Where how much movies by you? I mean, you pay like $12 for the movie and then you pay like $15 for food. Hell no! If oh, so you just talking about a single person? I'm talking no. Yeah, who the hell I'm going with? That's what I'm saying. If it, it, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. If they're if you're on a date, you're getting like thirty dollars is way way less is about what you would pay at the movie theater. That's just for the tickets. I mean, I don't know what dating is, so (laughs) we just keep going. That's fair. I don't know what that life means. So yeah, we'll continue to to watch the game and probably talk about talk about it some more because I know we have to get to um, Trey Weeks comes back. 
he makes another appearance, and Melanie's get, gets another boyfriend. So we'll see. And Janae. The girl that plays Janae, Gabrielle, I can't think of her last name. She she's done a lot since the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's she's been everywhere. I like her. We'll go over to movies. Now, this is something I did pay for. I actually gave Amazon my hard-earned money for two movies. I watched um, Tijuana Jackson, Purpose Over Prison. That was on Amazon Prime. It was $4.99. I just noticed that a lot of the black movies are, like, on sale for, like, $2.99. So, if anybody's interested. But Tijuana Jackson stars. It's actually Romany Malco's movie. Um... And it stars him, Regina Hall, and Tammy Roman. And I thought it was really good. It's basically Tijuana Jackson is getting out of jail. This college student is doing like a documentary because she's getting ready to graduate. And she said her future was bleak. And she already made plans to become a waitress to, <laughs> to pay off her student loans for the rest of her life. But she wanted to interview Tijuana Jackson because he was getting out of jail and was very optimistic about his future. And he is an inspiring, inspiring, inspiring life coach. So I thought it was really good. It's um, it's dry comedy as well. So it's really good because I like dry comedies and it and you rarely see um, a black movie that's dry like that so it was really up right up my alley i think it was worth the 4.99 um i know he's really pushing to get people to watch it so i definitely think this is something you should give it a chance to look at um the second movie i bought was miss juneteenth that was also 4.99 on amazon prime it has nicole bahari and kendrick sampson and i just want to say that kendrick sampson is the man of my dreams um, if anybody knows him, runs into him, please let him know that I exist on this planet. Um, I know I talked about Kevin Durant being my boo, but Kendrick Sampson just is everything because he's an activist too and just fine as hell. And that's probably what makes me really attracted to him. And he was so fine in this movie. But aside from that, the movie is actually good aside from seeing his fine face. It's about Nicole Bahari. She enrolls her daughter into the Miss Juneteenth pageant in Fort Worth, Texas. She is a former Miss Juneteenth. And you see that she, her life hasn't panned out the way that a usual Miss Juneteenth of Fort Worth life um, happens. So you see that journey with the daughter going through this pageant. And it was really good. It, it was in um, Texas, but... It was really reminiscent of Mississippi to me. So give that uh, movie a try as well. Um, also, I watched Watermelon Man on Amazon Prime. That was free. It's from 1970. And it's basically um, like a racist white man wakes up one day and is a black man. And you basically just watch his life crumble swiftly. And it's it's a comedy. It's, it is really funny. So um, if you want to see something like from the past, definitely give Watermelon Man a try. So for music, it's been a lot of music. I'm going to just shoot off what I've been listening to. Q, you can do the same. <laughs> so you had Jasmine Sullivan came out with a single. Uh, Bryson Tiller in Hell. SZA came out with a single. You had Robert Glasper, her, and Michelle 
Diacello, I think that's how you say it. They have a really nice song together. I like um, that song too. Big Sean just came out. Burna Boy came out. Also, I should uh, not watch, but listen to Mulatto. She put out her first album, Queen of the South. Hype about it. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign also put out a song with Nicki Minaj. I didn't like that. Um, she just need to do a song on her own. Um, Did you like this as a song? Uh, to be honest, I don't. Rem- I listened to it. I don't remember it. The video now. The video is pretty cool. Um, she's very sexy. I forgot about that. But uh, like the song, man, I, I thought it was like very good. Like it didn't like want make me want the album. Like so, it's called uh, what's it called? Hit different. Hit different. So they've got the that song, which is just okay. But then the last, I think, minute and a half of the video is like either just a, a different song or maybe another like interlude on the album or something like that. And it was really good. Um, but yeah, as far as the the uh, hit different, I didn't really care for that that much. Oh, I, I watched the, the Big video Sean then. album. Mm-hmm. What's that? I said I watched the video then because I didn't watch the video. Yeah, watch the, the the video's worth watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's worth watching. The Big Sean album, it was alright. First of all, it just came out today. You're going to talk about it's alright. You got to give it more than one listen. You're not going to do Big twice. Sean like this. Well, I, I need listen- to listen to it more than twice. I listened to it last night when I had some assistance. And I listened to it sober this morning. So, I listened to it twice. On now, top... I'm top. I know that without even listening, I knew I was going to like any song that had Janae Aiko on it. And I knew I was going to like the Friday Night Cypher because they had all Detroit artists. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. If you like, I guess I'll be hyped for it because Big Sean is, I like Big Sean. I love the growth that he has done over these past few years. I've always liked him as an artist. My favorite song from him is Paradise, the extended version. So I am very excited to listen to Detroit 2. Um, he does have merch. I'm debating on if I want to buy some or not. But, you know, go listen to Big Sean. Don't let Q deter you with him being over there being no, like it's, a wet rag about Detroit It's song. worth listening to. It's definitely <laughs> worth listening to. It's it's a good album. But it's not like I. it's not like. The way people were talking about it online was like it was his best album. Like I don't think it's his best. It's it's kind of feels like the the Kendrick Lamar how people think. Damn, like I don't think Damn was his best album. That's how I feel about this Big Sean album. I'm gonna tell you, whatever album that has Paradise on it is his best album. That because I can play that front and back minus like one song. To be honest, that, isn't that that's Dark Sky? Dark Sky, yes. Yeah. Dark Sky, I love that album. Dark Sky was a good album, but I don't even think that was his best album. I think, uh... No, nah, Dark Sky, yeah, I do think that's his best album. That's his best album. Mm-hmm. And also go back and listen to Berserk with him and ASAP Ferg, because that was a fire song. Um, So the female rapper this week is Malibu Mitch. It's M-A-L-I-I-B-U-M-I-I-T-C-H. And she is from New York. She sounds like a mixture of Nicki Minaj and Foxy Brown. So her voice can be really heavy, but it also can be high pitch. And she kind of sounds like Nicki Minaj sometimes. So give, um, what songs do I want to pick out? 
give her some money, guapamole, and Celine. Give her a try. Um, I like her. I'm surprised. It's something about New York rappers, female New York rappers that are being held back. That's the best way I can say it. I feel like other girls are getting more shine, but it's a ton of girls from New York that are just not getting any shine. Hey, Cardi B from New York? Yes. I mean, you got Cardi B and Nicki. That's it. Even Young M.A.'s, that's just a struggle to get, you know, to hear her music. I'm going to talk about Jungle Pussy, Malibu Mitch. You know, there's a lot of girls from New York, and I don't hear them like I hear other girls. That's what I'm saying. So lastly, I want to talk about Monica versus Brandy, the versus battle that happened on Monday. Um, Record-breaking is the first thing I can say. (laughs) It had the highest attendance. Um, of any versus battle it had a consistent 1.2 million and I believe they said um, overall I think it was 4 million people watched it I think personally I think a lot of people well I feel like this is prime not millennial what are we a prime our generation <laughs> millennials who, who oh millennial okay um and it's something that the people wanted, and I feel like it's also because they are associated with beef, and I feel like the people were hoping to see some mess, which we kind of got a little. It bit. don't seem like they like each other very. But at least if they if they do, they just don't. They ain't friendly. This is what the issue is. They are two different people. <laughs> yeah, they have yeah, zero very. chemistry whatsoever. People forget Monica's ghetto. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like, just, like, that is who, she, like, people want to, like, think of Angela Mine and, like, her growing up. Like, no, Monica is, like, a goon. from Atlanta. A.K.A. Yes. Gunica. Gunica. Um There we go. I love it. I said it's like looking at the cool girl in school sitting with the choir band nerd. That is the dynamic that I saw. Um. And it's not a bad thing. They're just two people that they just, they didn't go, you know, vibe. And that's okay. They don't have to. I don't want to see them ever in a room together again with microphones in hand. Unless they going to sing and sing only. Because it was painful to hear the small talk. (laughs) That was tough. That was tough to watch. It's just like, I don't know. Because Brandy is so aloof. And Monica is so straight to the point, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it just, it just doesn't work. Now, I think a tour is possible. I watched the video um, from Funky Dineva um, talking about the battle, and he made a very good point. He was like, they should have been done a tour, especially, you know, back when we could go outside. We saw so many people from the past do these comeback tours and making plenty of money. There's no reason that they hadn't done a tour together. They, they do not have to talk. They don't have to sit in a room together. One person get on stage, come off, the other person get on stage. And y'all rotate who go first and who go last in each city. They could have made tons of money. They probably wouldn't have to work again. So they, whoever yep. they folks, they fucking up. Big, they fucked up big time on that. Um, the only thing I can really say, I think... 
Also, with versus battles, the conversation to me is, are we going off of hits or are we going off of good songs? Yeah, see, that's the tough part. Because to me, um, Brandy to me held Monica back on songs that she could have played. There are so many songs Correct. that Monica could have played, but Correct. we were stuck playing first album, second album, because Brandy kind of falls off at like 2000. I don't remember when Full Moon came out. Full Moon was it. That's that's where we stopped with Brandy. And Monica has songs yeah. that she can give us from 2000 to 2010. 11? Yeah, I'd say about 2010. So, that's why I, that's, cause people people were like going with Brandy but I was like, Monica has songs it's this, Monica played, did not play so many songs, I just started playing yeah. them after the battle, cause I was upset <laughs> So did I, yo, I was saying, I was like, yo, wait a minute, there, there's so many songs that she had that I think beat out a lot of like, Brandy has good songs, but like, yeah, you know what I mean Her it's her first few albums but other than that, like I feel like Monica just got hits that like if if I'm gonna go back and listen to an album, it's gonna be Monica's. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think Monica's just likable, more likable, and you know, it's just it's more the music for them too. But I'm glad they did it. I think they got the, the respect that they both deserve, and we'll see what comes from it. And I guess we'll sit back and see what the next battle is going to be. I know I'm not gonna watch it. Um, but you know, somebody said, um, uh, I'm <laughs> somebody said, um, uh, Fantasia and, and Jennifer Hudson, that's a dub. Um, uh, they just say anything, but I saw Janet Jackson versus Beyonce, and I'm and that actually piqued my interest. I saw, uh, Ashanti versus Keisha Cole, and I was like, man, Ashanti will mop her up. That's not a competition. Thank you. I'm like, where were you? What, where, are we listening to the same song? Ashanti was breaking yeah, that, records. Yeah, that ain't breaking no competition. Records. People just People be saying anything. People dumb shit out there. Just say anything, say anything. But that's all we have this week. We're going to wrap it up with a Black Women Make History 2. And I want to talk about Dr. Jeanne Spurlock. She was born July 19th, 1921 in Sandusky, Ohio. Um, her inspiration for wanting to go into the medical field stemmed from being mistreated as a child in a hospital when she broke her leg. So when she got older, she received her bachelor's from Roosevelt University, and she also attended Howard University's College of Medicine, concentrating in psychiatry. Spurlock wanted to, well, she worked at several medical schools, pushing for the inclusion of minorities, and she went on to eventually open her own practice. With her time, she provided her services to civil rights activists in Chicago and in Mississippi. She also used her pl platform to highlight how racial and gender discrimination affects our mental health. In 1971, Spurlock was the first African-American and the first woman to be awarded the Edward A. Stricker MD Award from the Institute of Pennsylvania Hospital. She also published Black Psychiatry in American Psychiatry, which explains how black psychiatrists have shaped the field. So we thank and appreciate Dr. Jean Spurlock for putting in that time and effort to um, make sure that black folks, especially activists, um, were able to get um, therapy and speak through their emotions during that tumultuous time that we know that it was. And for actually putting out books that show how we have contributed to the field of psychiatry. So that's all, folks. 
that's the episode and we will see you next week bye